Welcome to episode four of Weaving In and Out, where I try to bring the past into the present, trawling the K's archives for the trivia that lends meaning, the history that echoes into the now. Unfortunately, this interview with former K's chief executive Chris Kelly had more than just a metaphorical echo. An actual echo down the broadband line from France rendered my contribution to the conversation unlistenable. But by the power of computers, I've done my best to recreate, stitch, and yes, weave in the questions again. Forgive the editing. But Chris, you certainly can hear loud and clear, still the charismatic, disarming, charming rogue that earned him the nickname The Leatherhead Lip. Younger fans won't realise, but Chris Kelly was synonymous with K's from the mid-80s to the club's collapse in 2001, first as a player, then manager, general manager, and chief executive during the most successful era in our history, before being part of the regime that led us into administration. I've drafted a chronology of K's in the era of Kelly. It's available on the podcast website. But here are some dates to give you a taste of the the precipitate fall. On the 27th of January 2001, K's, a conference club, drew 1-1 at Bristol City in the FA Cup fourth round. In October 2001, K's received a letter from the Inland Revenue demanding repayment of outstanding payroll liabilities of £179,924 within seven days or face a winding up petition. In April 2002, after much wrangling and teetering on the brink of insolvency, a new owner, Rajesh Kosler, was gifted control of the club by administrators Begbie's trainer. Within 12 months of that, Kosler was prepared to lend AFC Wimbledon the cash to buy King's Meadow. The rest is, well, yet more history. Here's Chris Kelly on the highs and the lows. What was Case like in the 80s? You know, was it a bit tired and battered and in decline? How can I say this? That it was, it was obviously in sort of financial problems for want of a better word when uh, Bill Miller and I arrived at the club and obviously the move to Kings Meadow had already been uh, I should say was underway and uh, was being put in place to move uh, with the hope that when they moved to Kings Meadow they would have sufficient funds to uh, clear their debts and uh, run a football club prob- you know properly but it didn't work out like that in the end. You know, I think the club made some disastrous uh, decisions and consequently, I mean, the, the situation they find themselves in now without a ground was all created during the time I was there. And obviously I feel I feel very sad about that, but I was just, you know, I was just one person on that committee or in that board or whatever they want to call it. And much of much of what actually became an outcome was much against my uh, my view. I mean, the, the 90s weren't that bad, were they? The mid-90s. We had a kind of entertaining side. There were FA Cup runs. Um, we had the Chelsea reserve team money coming in. Yeah, they were they were terrific times football wise. You know, we, we the thing was during that that period. I mean, we you know the the, the cup runs uh, sort of like were towards the uh, early start of uh, you know I think we played Peterborough. That was the first time they played a league side for I don't know how many years. And following that, we got into the first round or the last qualifying rounds on quite a regular occasions, and then. When the club moved, sort of like I say, upper gear in terms of uh, uh, changing the whole structure with uh, 
players, managers, all the rest of it, uh, money became the absolute criteria by which clubs, you know, stand or fall, in my view. And I think that we were very, very, very guilty of that. I mean, in some and we were secure. We had the stadium, um, decent crowds, 500, 600. We weren't unambitious. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, the, the club was, I would say, up until the, the, the late 90s, about 19, about 96, round about that period, the club was not top of the tree, but it was sound, it, it was it was paying its it was paying its way but suddenly that all changed and it was chasing the rainbow as it were in as much as that you were looking to become one of the you know the big big really just in the end it, it, it killed the club that's my view and, you know and i was part of a hell of a lot of it and people have uh, criticized me unbelievable amount but I can't argue with their view but if they knew the facts they may well look at it slightly differently sometimes I wonder if the the biggest thing was just us trying to do up the ground you know, 850,000 pounds trying to get it up to league standard you know that that's second season after the, the being in the conference all the money being frittered away if we hadn't done that we would have been all right massive contributor but basically i would say uh, the biggest the biggest outgoing of the lot was the wages the players wages rocketed they 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 over doubled in four years and that every week if you were paying out ten thousand pounds a week for 40 weeks in a season you've only you only got to and you get you get 20 guaranteed 20 home league games with crowds of say four to six hundred people you haven't got to be a mathematician to know that it just doesn't stack up but I'm afraid that uh, the, the the powers that be decided that it was worth it. Take the risk. You'll get cup runs. You'll sell players. You'll do this. You'll do that. But these things didn't happen. So we get relegated May 2001. Chapel leaves. We're back at, in, in, in the Ryman Premier. And then we go out to Brockenhurst in the FA Cup in September. Uh, and within a week, we're in administration. What do you recall of that? I, I just remember it all. I mean, I, I was the one that had to go and front out the bloody administrators and all that. And quite frankly, I, I wouldn't say that I'm the most qualified person in the world to be dealing with uh, administrators and uh, going in, going into blooming, uh, redundant, you know, becoming sort of like uh, bankrupt, as it were. And it was a really messy business the whole thing but the the ultimate outcome of it is steeped in so much uh what's the word i'm going to be very careful uh myth not myth no not bloody it's not corruption that's the wrong word uh there were there were things going on which I mean, I, I've got the minutes of every meeting that was held at, by the Kingstonian Committee Board, whatever you want, for the last 
for the, for the last 20 years until I left Kingstonian, I've got them official, the official one, not the odd copy here and there. And quite frankly, I read it, and you know, I have spoken to a journalist about it, and he's reasonably interested in being involved in it. The only trouble is because it's Kingstonian, it's 20 odd years ago. Is it is it worthy of uh, recording? But it is quite staggering. The uh, the inadequacies of those responsible for all the processes that happened, you know, they just weren't equipped to do it. Plus, there was uh, compensation having to pay here for various bits and pieces. Uh, it was it was an absolute nightmare. Incompetence or money going out that shouldn't have been going out. There was certainly money coming out that shouldn't have been coming out because we had we had we had to pay ten thousand pounds a week in wages, and we had players. I won't name them. Three players were earning six hundred pound a week, take home, take home, but going through the books wasn't six hundred pounds. So that the remaining money had to be found from somewhere else. Now, where are you going to find it? You know, it was absolute bloody nightmare. I think the club, going back to when Freddie Jones uh, packed it in and it wanted to go to the moon and it was never going to get there. And that is what they've sent the club bust, haven't got their own ground anymore. I think it's, it's, it's absolutely awful. If I had the money, if I won the lottery, I'd buy their ground back for them. Was there an assumption that we could go into administration, come out of administration, keep the ground a bit like Farmer have done about 10 times, that it didn't need to be the apocalypse, but it all started to run out of control. But I, I really wouldn't know, uh, Taymor. It's, it's something that people within the board would have known a lot more than I did. And there were people on the board who were actually dealing with the administrators. All I do know is that I do believe that the Coslers was not a genuine purchase. I don't. I think they bought it on behalf of somebody else, and uh, they knew. I knew when I walked out. I heard the two of them talking. That's when I walked out. And he, one of them said to the other, "We got this thing here, bit of a problem with it. What are we going to do?" And the father said, "Don't worry about it." He said, "We won't be here long enough to sort that out." I knew that they. You know, there was a. There was a. There was a. What's to call it? There was some sort of between the administrators, uh, Coslers and Wimbledon, without a doubt. Really, if anything, right. February, March 2002, Cosler takes over the club. May 2002, AFC Wimbledon are, are, are first formed and enter the leagues. So, there was things going on that were, which were underhanded, you know, and unfortunately, because of the role I was in, I was often accused of being involved in some of these things, but I can prove it by minutes where I am the only... When, when <laughs> I mean, this is incredible, whether you believe it or you don't believe it, but it's minuted. At a board meeting, the year after we won the trophy for the second year in a row, right, I... We were in the relegation zone, this is about March. We are in the relegation zone, and it was... Uh, a board meeting and various things have been discussed and then it came round to football.
So uh, I said, I said to Jeff, I said, Jeff, I said, quite frankly, these players are earning a bloody fortune and they couldn't give a toss whether we go up or whether we stay up or we go down. I said, you know, we are in the relegation zone and we are in dire trouble and we will more than likely get relegated. When it came back for him, when it went round the table and came back to him, he said, and this is this is minuted, so it's not a lie, I'm not making this up. He said, had we won every game we lost, we'd be top of the league. And all the directors, apart from one other one, looked and said, he's right, you know. I mean, he's bloody right, isn't he? <laughs> I thought... Am I hearing right? And this is what I was up against the whole bloody time there, that the board were not, they were not football people. The 21st of March 2003, Cosler first reveals his intention to sell to AFC Wimbledon uh, for about two and a half million. He bought, bought the, the club in the ground for about half a million. And you're quoted in, in the Surrey comment saying, well, if I'd tried to, sell the ground I would have been hung from Kingston Bridge I can't remember saying it but I wouldn't I won't uh, dispute it but the, the the bottom line is that there was something going on with Wimbledon I mean I went to a meeting with Heller Ivor Heller mm. right when when we knew Cosler was selling up I went for a meeting with Alan Kingston and Ivor Heller and we met in the Organ Inn in Yule and we sat there and we talked for hours about them coming in and ground sharing at uh, King's Meadow and the meeting went well and it was really sort of like he was said yeah fine okay I'll go back and I'll speak to my people when I get back to you I said okay all right uh, I'm away on hold after next week I'm away for a week so if you can't do it by next week I'm away for another week let me know what you come to when I get back while I was away I found out that Kingstonian had done a deal with Wimbledon, done, delivered, bomb, that was it. You know, it was absolutely ridiculous. And <coughs> I'm just as much to blame as, 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 as many of the others, but I, 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 can use the, I can use the excuse, if you like, that I'm not, a, I'm not an expert on on finances, on law. We had people there who were supposedly bought in because of their expertise on these subjects. And when push come to shove, we suddenly find out we're bloody God knows how much in debt. And, you know, the, the, the process of how it's all gone is to where K's are now. You know, bumming a living down at Tolworth uh, with Christian casuals. <laughs> Uh, do you miss Kays? Do you miss us? When was the last time you were at a game? I know you're living in, in France now. Um, were you aware of the cup run last season? Kays, uh, when they played down at Leatherhead, I went and watched that one uh, last year. And I was due to come back uh, yesterday, Saturday, uh, or going back on Friday, to watch, because they were supposed to be playing Kays at Corinthian Casuals on the Saturday that's just gone. Yeah, it would have been yeah, Kay's Leatherhead at Tolworth. Yeah. yeah, but I was going to—I was coming over to England for a week or so to uh, to go and watch that game. But obviously, with this bloody coronavirus, I haven't been able to leave the country. Um, and Looking I, back, what are your abiding memories? Well, I presume, obviously, that the, the, the trophy finals, the two of them, 
you know, fabulous occasions. Uh, I suppose I suppose they would be the two highlights that I can actually recall. But obviously, I think many, many times the disappointment of how it turned out mm. overshadows those. So even that <laughs> they gave Jeff everything. Everything time Jeff wanted something, they gave it to him. I mean, that to me was the biggest mistake the club ever made. Might have brought us the most success it had had, but it also bought the end of Kingstonian. The amount of money. He was given everything. Everything. And at the end of the day, you've got to ask yourself, was he really that good? Because he got us relegated. With Did you think we could ever be a league club? No, I didn't. Because we, we couldn't get the crowds. We couldn't. We would not be able... I mean, Kingston has got... It's not a football town, not a football town. But what it's got is it's got a hardcore of maybe 1,500, 2,000. You can't survive in the football league on 2,000 pounds, 2,000 spectators every other week. Not yeah. to pay the type of bloody wages that we were paying. Hmm. But then why were we doing, why were up, we the doing up the ground? <laughs> because this is what the directors wanted. Hmm. You don't rocket science. They, 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 they were determined that Jeff was going to get us out of the conference. Well, to be fair, he did. He put us back in the bloody Deodora League. So who would you say were the directors who took these strategic decisions? Well, all I would say is that, I, I don't, again, I'm not going to name names, but you've only got to look at who the directors were at the time. Take out Alan Kingston and all the others were linked in other ways to each other outside of uh, Kingstonian you know they were either the solicitor of somebody or the accountant of somebody or a friend of somebody it was a it was it was a, it was it was a disaster that could and should have been avoided hmm. I mean we were spending money like it was going out of fashion yeah yeah um, and what no. they've done is they spent it to give it to bloody Wimbledon and then Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs>